1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. On September eleventh, two thousand one, award-winning journalist Jane Clayson Johnson had a front row seat uh, to the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City. Now, 20 years later, she'll be narrating the Tabernacle Choir's special 9-11 broadcast, and she joins us now to reflect on that day, 9-11, and discuss some of the things that are coming as we look at how we remember, how we celebrate, how we come together uh, and move forward as a nation. Uh, Jane, thanks so much for joining us today. Well,
0: thanks, Boyd. Nice to be with you.
1: Great. Welcome back to KSL, uh, your uh, uh, long legacy here uh, in the building. And and uh, we're grateful to have a couple of minutes with you today. Uh, and so I want to go back. Uh, you were you were part of that day for so many of us who were watching you as you were co-hosting the early show uh, there. And, and then this thing started to play out. Give us just a, a little look back. What, uh, what did that day look like from where you were sitting uh, in New York?
0: Well, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Twenty years—it's um, just incredible. I guess the first thing I remember about that day was how beautiful it was. It was a Tuesday morning. It was—it was crystal clear. The skies were blue in New York, and I—I I just remember sort of going into. Going back to school, it was a Tuesday, and, you know, we had a pretty pretty routine uh, news day on that day. And we were nearing the end of our broadcast. Um, I was hosting uh, the National Morning Program on CBS with Bryant Gumbel, and um, it was, you know— pretty standard day. I think I had finished interviewing Ray Romano of Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, we'd done a cooking segment. You know, we'd had our regular news at the top of the hour. And we went into commercial break, and uh, in my ear, uh, the producer said, uh, plane the hit the Trade Center, hit the World Trade Center. And and we came out of the commercial break right to the picture, and you know we were off to the races. At the very beginning, we thought, "Oh, that's just a small plane. That's just a small plane. It's hit the tower, and and how how devastating! You know, that's that's awful." And then, um, and then the second plane hit, mm-hmm. and we knew that uh, we were under attack.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned having someone in your ear. That is something that I think people have to. Uh, kind of pull back and appreciate that you know you're you're on set or you're delivering a line, and then suddenly someone's in your ear saying, you know, we've we've got something, some breaking news is happening. Uh, and so as you started to to realize that this was going to uh, not just be the normal wrap up of the show uh, and uh, off to the rest of your day, that this was going to be something that uh, we were under attack. Uh, just describe what that's like in that yeah. newsroom, in that TV setting.
0: Yeah, well, it's a good question. I, you know, I remember actually, um, people had come into the to the, the studio um, because, you know, we had gone up live and we were talking about this event that had happened and the plane that had hit the tower. And then when the second plane went in at nine o two, I'll never forget it—the um, screams and the and the gasps and the crying that started actually in our studio. With you know technical personnel and hair and makeup people and you know people who were in there, just we just we were all aghast. We just couldn't believe uh, what what was happening. And and we started broadcasting. Then um, you know through the morning, uh, Bryant and I handed over our coverage to Dan Rather at CBS um, to take over at ten o'clock. And just after he took over, of course, the first tower went down and and um i guess what struck me most um in the course of that morning and in the mornings that followed was um of course how our lives had changed <laughs> you know i mean i think today we think about our life before 911 and we think about life after 911 and mm-hmm. kind of everything that has happened since and the changes in our daily lives because of what happened that day i mean we were we as a as journalists we were broadcasting live um, for the next three weeks from 6 o'clock in the morning until noon um, nationally. And um, it just was round-the-clock coverage. And I guess I remember not just in the studio but on the streets of New York, um, you know, how people uh, reacted. You know, it was just... It was devastating, of course, and and people would walk down the street and and you'd see a fire truck go by with the flag out the back, and people would stop on the streets of New York and they would put their hands over their hearts or they would salute. Um, or they would whisper to their children, you know, about, you know, kind of where that truck was going and um, what those first responders were doing, those heroic first responders. I actually interviewed many, actually, at Ground Zero during those first couple of weeks. I interviewed the director of FEMA at Ground Zero. I remember interviewing firefighters and emergency personnel who were digging through through the rubble at, at Ground Zero. I mean, it was it was just such a moment in history and a moment in time that of course we all remember where we were when those planes hit the towers and then when those towers came down yeah
1: well you you had a uh, not only a front row seat but you were you were a real crucial guide uh, for a lot of people uh, and those interviews with those first responders uh, with the FEMA director uh, those were all important in shaping uh, experiences i think for so many around the country as we all tried to process what this is, what this means, and what comes next. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective, uh, Jane, on with Afghanistan, uh, of course, being the kind of the next uh, emphasis after 9-11 in, in terms of a response. Uh, and now here we are 20 years later uh, with the end of that. What have your feelings been this week in seeing what happen- how the end came in terms of involvement uh, directly in Afghanistan and how that uh, ties back to, to 20 years ago?
0: Well, I guess first and foremost, my thoughts have gone to um, those service members who were killed, the 13 uh, brave, heroic men and women who died in Afghanistan this last week um, during, you know, at the end of America's longest war. And the more than um, 2,400, I think, that have died uh, in the last 20 years, you know, it's been a it's been a devastating um, week for certainly those families um, for their for their children uh, who will never know parents who um, you know who will never um, be able to go on I mean I guess you know for me um, the politics aside you know what we have to remember is the human toll of what has happened over the last twenty years and remember that um it's real and there's a human price and a human toll and the treasure uh that has been lost in afghanistan is is devastating um and you know my thoughts have turned beyond our servicemen and women who are so brave and who have fought for our country over there are those afghans who helped us you know in afghanistan The, the the translators and those who helped the u.s military and trying to get those men and women and their families out of the country and the heroic efforts of former service men on the ground in the United States to try to guide them to safety, quite literally on the phone, telling them where to go and streets to turn down and who to meet when they get to the checkpoints, you know. Wow. And I, you know, I I think, you know, we have an obligation um, as a country to care for them now and uh, to help them as they helped us over these last 20 years. And so I have. Many members, uh, you know, friends who are in the military who are who are, you know, welcoming these refugees as they come and trying to help them get supplies and set up a new life. And I think that that's our obligation. I was really impressed to see your governor sending the letter to President Biden, you know, saying we would welcome them to come here to Utah. And, from my vantage point in Boston, where I live, I, I found that to be um, wonderful, so you know I, I think we all have to remember the tragic toll, but we always also have to remember how we move forward, you yeah. know um, and how we move on.
1: yeah, so good if you're just joining us, Jane Clayson Johnson is joining us so uh, we've done a little look back in terms of uh, her front row seat uh, from New York on nine eleven and the importance of that remembering uh, remembering those. Uh, who didn't come home on nine eleven? also remembering those who didn't come back from Afghanistan and other theaters around the world that Gold Star spouses and Gold Star families and Gold Star communities uh, all matter. And we're going to do something uh, that we like to do on the extended version of Inside Sources, and that is stay with the question a little longer. Uh, she's also narrating the Tabernacle Choir's special nine eleven broadcast. Uh, again, this will be marking the 20-year point uh, from that tragic day and also has so many of us wondering how we should remember, what we should remember, and most important, how do we actually come together to take those lessons and move forward? Jane, thanks for staying with us today. And tell us about this uh, program that you're working on with the Tabernacle Choir.
0: Well, I, I have to say it was an honor to um receive uh the the call from the choir and, and ask to participate. It's um it's a beautiful program. Uh it's called Nine Eleven Coming Together, the twentieth anniversary uh commemoration. And it's um it it's essentially I mean, it's we hear from the choir, <laughs> America's treasure, America's choir, you yeah. know, the music like like no one uh, can do. Um, but we, you know, talk about that day. And I remember some of the things um, that that, you know, happened that day and not just, you know, the events, but the spirit of nine eleven. that feeling of after a tragedy of that magnitude in our country, that feeling of sort of coming together, you know, that we had in those months, those weeks and months after that horrible event people just being a little bit more tolerant a little bit kinder a little bit more patient you know we 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 talk about that and interestingly we we actually shot um, this special in New Jersey and New York so yeah. we were there a couple of weeks ago and um, we shot uh, our, our first uh, bits of video at the Eagle Rock September 11th memorial in New Jersey where hundreds of people gathered uh, on that day on 9 11 to you know, kind of watch what was happening um, across um, the river, and they grieved and comforted one another, you know, in person. And then we shot also at Liberty Park across the Hudson River from the 9-11 Memorial and the Museum in Lower Manhattan. So we were right there and, um, you know, sort of seeing the city and sort of feeling the events of the day and remembering you know, the first responders and also those citizens from more than 50 countries who lost their lives that day. You know, it wasn't just, um, those of us in the United States who felt that loss. It was an international, of course, an international event. So it's a wonderful special. And, um, I would encourage everyone to tune in. It'll be streamed, um, live, um, on 9-11. And of course you can find it in many places, uh, YouTube and other spots, but it's, it's so well done. Christian Chenoweth will make an appearance and, um, and uh, I'm really pleased and honored to be part of it.
1: Uh, it's, it's an exciting thing. And, and one of the things that I've uh, heard is that uh, really interwoven with the, the music and, and your perspective and narration are are actually interviews with people throughout the United States and the world. Uh, and really right. having this be not just a U.S. thing, uh, but as you mentioned, uh, those that did perish in 9-11 from, from all those different countries and how this can be a unifying force. Not just for the u s but for the world uh, at this point,
0: well, I think that's right we're we're here We'll hear from people in Scotland and Italy and Germany, and sort of hear an international perspective of what that day meant for people around the globe um, so it's a, it's a very uplifting special. you know, we focus on something that was very dark and difficult in the history of our country and the history of our world. but um, you get a sense of hope and uplift um, you know kind of focusing on the courageous acts of so many people who literally gave their lives that day, um, in service of, of our country. And you get a real sense of the goodness, uh, in people and the heroic nature of, you know, what people are willing to do when called upon to do it.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, to me that those stories, uh, we're going to talk a little later about, uh, it's also, uh, yesterday was the, anniversary of the last uh, episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, was yesterday, and uh, we're actually marking that on our show today, but of course, uh, Mr. Rogers' great phrase of whenever there's a, a crisis or a catastrophe, you know, look for the helpers, uh, and I know you did that uh, both on 9-11 and, and in this Remembrance program with the choir. Uh, who are some of those uh, helpers, or what are some of those stories that uh, have impacted you the most?
0: Well, I remember. Interv- well, I actually not only were we on the air, of course, on nine eleven, but a year later, I um, hosted uh, the, the one year anniversary on CBS with Dan Rather at Ground Zero, and I had interviewed family members, um, you know, people who loved ones, people who parents and spouses that died. Interviewed them, you know, for for weeks and for months, and then. A year on, a year later, to be down in actually that pit in Ground Zero before, of course, they had built the memorial and seeing just the outpouring of love and support um, for those who'd lost their lives, but also those who'd helped that day and the first responders. And of course, you know, many of them have had long term health challenges because of what they were exposed to um, that day. Um, and those weeks and months after the attack um, and the asbestos and all of the chemicals and, the um, you know, what was what was in the wreckage uh, of those building collapsing. And so, you know, there are a lot of residual impacts of what happened on 9-11. And for many people, they are still um, living with them today. And so I think on this 20th anniversary, it's so important for us to remember not only those who lost their lives, but those who helped and those, as you say, the helpers among us, those who rushed into the towers, you know, those firemen who, as people were coming down, um, they were going up and they were trying to help people get out. And, you know, I, I, I'll i never forget that. I also will never forget the images, the horrifying images, actually, of those people who, who jumped from the towers that day and who... Um, you know, who lost their lives in so many different ways. It was so horrific. And as we move forward and as we think about and remember those lives that were lost, I think there is hope and there is um, a sense of um, comfort that comes when we um, think about um, the courage and bravery of of those who were there to help that day.
1: Yeah, I always think of, uh, as you talk about how we properly remember and, and honor uh, all of those who lost their lives, first responders and those that were in the tower that day and other places. Uh, I always think of uh, then-Church President Gordon B. Hinckley, uh, who would always say, you know, we honor best those who have gone before by living our lives with excellence today. And uh, if you're just joining us, we have Jane Clayson Johnson on the line with us, uh, who's who's really been a, a great link uh, from the East Coast, uh, from Boston today, from New York, of course, uh, on that tragic day of nine eleven. Uh, linking out here. Uh, and we all remember the service that was uh, the two memorial services conducted uh, by President Gordon B. Hinckley, then President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and and just the peace and the unity that that brought uh, together. And to do that again and have that moment uh, 20 years later uh, is, is so significant. Uh, Jane, just a, a final thought from you in terms of what is it that uh, has surprised you uh, over these this twenty year period and and what is it that gives you the most hope uh, for us moving forward
0: well i don't i don't know um, i don't know what has surprised me necessarily but i I do look back on that time um, in New York City and the great honor that it was um, to be part of that horrendous um day and the weeks and months that followed and and i by honor i mean um being able to meet so many incredible people and have the memory of 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 those people and um how we can keep them in our hearts and remember them and um honor their memory by how we live our lives today and i think that's part of what this special with the choir will try to do is um Help us remember the good, and help us remember, you know, how we can um, better serve, better love, better caretake each other. And, you know, I think that that's a, a real memory. Um, my days in New York, um, you know, were were punctuated by nine eleven. You know, I had been in the city for just a year, and I lived there several years after nine eleven. And as I say, what happened before nine eleven, what happened after nine eleven, or are very different. And, um, you know, I'll always remember being part of that experience and that event today.
1: Wonderful. Jane Clayson Johnson, award-winning journalist and uh, great friend uh, to all of us. So so many feel that they know you because of 9-11 and have had that connection. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Well, thank you so much for it. I really appreciate it. I love KSL. You know, my years there were some of the uh, sweetest of my life. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you today. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
1: Wonderful. We'll have you back real soon. All right, we'll step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, uh, we're going to pick up crucial conversation as it relates to where we are in the pandemic and what comes next. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story.
0: Sometimes I thought, there are no
1: miracles.
0: Yeah, there are. And this is a big one.